Yeah, of um, course. Because I mean, we can go live. Why don't we go live and? Okay. Um, I Murph, we'll just go ahead and if Charlie pops in, he'll pop in, right? Yeah. Sound like a plan. Yes, Wrestling great. with the Future Radio Network presents What's the Buzz? Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Good afternoon, Los Angeles. Good evening, New York City. And the rest of the country, how the hell are you? This is Mad Dog DeCipio. Welcome to Wrestling With The Future Presents What's The Buzz. You heard me tonight, a very special episode of Wrestling With The Future. Let me introduce my co-host to you. She is the Pitbull herself, Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman. How are you, Amelia? Good, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm waiting for another guest to get here, but... I think he took a, a left at Albuquerque. <laughs> Him and Bugs Bunny. Right. <laughs> well, let me introduce uh, the gentleman who did show up tonight. He joined us Tuesday. His name is Michael Armageddon Murphy. Michael is a former pro wrestler. How you doing, Mike? I, I, you know, I realized the other night, Michael. What's that? that? You and I have known each other for 24 years. Yep. It's a long time. God bless me. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just, just fuck me, right? <laughs> We're not five minutes into the show and Murph drops in that bomber. <laughs> well, that's okay, Murph. We we did issue a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. By yeah, the boy. way, the show that we did on Marilyn the other night, Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. it was it got age restricted on YouTube. Oh my really? goodness! Best really? thing that could happen for us. Because every time they age restrict our videos, mm-hmm. more people go to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably said, Mom, what's your password? So you watch this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's your password? I want to get in here. Right? <laughs> um, well, well, we're giving the kids a history lesson. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. History's going away in a lot of classrooms nowadays. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring Amelia right to front and center here. Amelia, <laughs> um, what do you know? Let's put it this way. Before I even ask you what you know, mm-hmm. um, what do you remember about the night Chris Benoit um, or the announcement that Chris Benoit may have been the suspect here? What were you doing when you heard that first announcement? Actually, I was watching wrestling that night. That was the days when what I was doing? watching wrestling. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and so what was your initial, your your visceral response? <laughs> Were I was in shock? shock. I was like, Chris Benoit, of all people, would do something like that. I, was, I know. I was a wrestling fan of his, and I was like, he, of all people, would actually do something like that to someone that he really loved and adored. But, of course, yeah. we don't know what goes behind closed doors. Yeah. Because 
you know, of course, in the front center, you could see how much he loved his wife, a persona you could see, you know, on camera yeah. and how much he loved his son. But, you know, somebody like that who had everything. Yeah. The, you know, the world, the life, the it life. Was a sh- is it fair to say it was a shock to the system? It was a shock to me. And it was a shock it to a lot of my family members. Seemed, um, in some odd, bizarre way. It almost seemed like surreal, like bizarro world. Mike Murphy, let me bring you in over here. Uh, You and I have visited this subject previously on Wrestling with the Future. Um, Yeah, and we had at the time very compelling evidence from people in the business as well as our special guest that night uh, regarding what could have or may have happened some very as close to first-hand information as we could get at the time. Visiting this case, it's been for for people in wrestling, for people in the business, wrestlers and promoters like myself and you. Um, it came as a a disbelief moment. It it, it was almost like okay. Where's the work? Okay, where's the work here? Right, exactly. You know? So talk to me, brother. Uh, Well, I found out about it uh, on a Monday morning. I had done a show Saturday night. I was home all day Sunday. Monday morning, I was leaving for work, and I had gotten a text message from another wrestler, and it said, uh, call me when you get a chance. Benoit is dead. Yeah. And... I was just, I mean, I almost dropped my cell phone. I was in total shock. Yeah. Um, I was, I would say, uh, numb. That's an interesting word. That's an interesting word, Mike, because I will tell you, I, I had that same feeling. I was, um, quite jarred from it. Yeah. Because I'd seen Chris Benoit wrestle. In fact, he wrestled Eddie Guerrero um, not long before that at a house show in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's see. I want to say probably, I want to say like a year before that, which for, you know, you know, the Philadelphia market. They come yeah. here maybe once every year, every two years. Yeah, something like once or twice every couple of years, yeah. Yeah, so they were at the uh, the Philadelphia Wells Fargo Center. And, okay. oh, no, I'm sorry. They were at the Philadelphia Spectrum. The Spectrum, yeah. The Spectrum was still around at the time. And I saw them there, and it was maybe just, I want to say maybe 10 months, 11 months maybe. And then th- this happened. Yeah. And it was right around a year, 10, 11 months, right, right around a year. And I thought to myself, something ain't right. There's something's not right about this. It just, it didn't feel, and I hate to use my promoter's hat, but it didn't feel legit. It right. felt like, a, I felt like I was being worked. Yeah. I felt like I was being worked. Right, because as days went on, I'd say within two, three, four days after the first initial announcement, 
Yeah. More information started coming out, and uh, they didn't know if it was an overzealous fan. Um, did he do it himself? Uh, Roid rage. Yeah. Uh, everything started getting thrown around. And the more I heard and the more evidence they put out, the more it just didn't sound right to me. Something seemed off about the whole thing. Um, Mike, we have something from the audience uh, for you. But first, Slaw says, Amelia, that's a cute puppy. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> that was my uh, Yorkie. She just came in I the room. I felt like Slaw was doing a Jerry Lawler there for a moment with the puppies. <laughs> um, so, so I want you to respond to this, Mike, because I think you and I have discussed this before. So, Slaw, I'm going to address this. I'm going to have Murphy address this. Benoit always seemed like a psychopath to me. He was always angry, and he did that gesture of slitting someone's throat. He used to do this bit, remember? Uh-huh. Okay, so address, I want my slaw. By the way, I want my slaw as a regular viewer and listener to the show. He's okay. a really great guy and asked a lot of good questions. So... Talk to Slaw about his question and comment here. Uh, well, as far as him looking like a psychopath, uh, that was actually part of his persona in the ring. His he gimmick. was the, you know, uh, what they call what? Toothless aggression, the, the, the Wolverine, the, yeah. you know. Sure. And the, the doing this... Uh, you know, I, I can't count on how many on my hands and have fingers left over how many wrestlers have done that from guys in the indie circuit to the Undertaker. Brother, to, the Undertaker made a career of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's part of the that's part of the show. I mean, you do so much. Well, you know, here's the thing too. Crowd, that's it. I'm done but, with this guy. I'm gonna play. Chris used to get into it. He used to like pull that thumb back and go. He used to like really sell it. Yeah, you and know? I'm right there. That, like you said, he was selling it. Yeah, he would sell it. Here's the thing now, and we have to. We're going to get into the, uh, the the nuts and bolts of this case. I want to tell everybody. Um, we are waiting for former pro wrestler and a good friend of the show, Charlie Thunderfoot Norris, to join us. He was a friend of Chris Benoit. He knew Chris Benoit. He wrestled with Chris Benoit. He is a, a Charlie is a former professional wrestler of legendary status. And, uh, and we are waiting for him to arrive. Um, here's the thing. And let's just, we have to talk about this with people. Chris Benoit, double murder, suicide occurred. Allegedly over a three day period, probably more like, Two days, but we're we're gonna go with three because that's the official the official narrative is three days, but it's looking more and more like two days. Um Benoit allegedly killed his wife, Nancy Benoit, strangled his seven-year-old son Daniel, and subsequently committed suicide by hanging, allegedly. We have to say allegedly, allegedly. because there's no proof that he did any of this. No forensic proof whatsoever. Autopsy results allegedly show that Benoit first murdered his wife, Nancy. She was bound at the feet and wrist and died of asphyxiation sometime on that Friday. 
She was wrapped in a towel, some say a blanket, uh, and had some blood. And some blood was found under her head. Uh, but Mr. Ballard, Sloan Ballard, said there was no other signs of a struggle. I will show you forensic photos taken by the police that tell a very different story. There are people who were uh, who had the chutzpah to request freedom freedom of information act request for photos, and guess what? They gave them to him. Mm-hmm. We have them. Chris Benoit allegedly placed copies of the Bible alongside the bodies of his wife and son, as well as a third copy of the Bible on his weightlifting bench. The couple's son, Daniel, died from asphyxia. He was strangled. He was apparently killed as he lay in bed on that Saturday morning, hours before Benoit committed suicide by hanging himself in his weight room. Now, Mike, don't give away the puppy with the with the bathwater just yet because I'm going to ask you, have you personally ever used uh, an incline pulley weight machine? Uh, yes. Yes, I How have. How tall are you, Mike? Uh, 5'11". How tall is the machine, Mike? Uh, I'd say about six foot, six and a half, give or take a couple. That would be about right. Okay, and I wanted to, to point that out because you and Chris Benoit are exactly the same size. Chris was five foot eleven. He was long upper body, shorter legs. Michael Murphy is equally proportioned body to legs. Um, here's the interesting part. Chris Benoit is not in the WWE Hall of Fame, despite an amazing and illustrious career. That career included winning the World Heavyweight Championship in 2004. Chris Benoit will likely never be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Fans say, and here's what we're going to get into. Amelia, I want you to jump on this afterwards. Yes, uh-huh. Fans say this shows a strange bias against Benoit, as others like Sonny, X-Pac and China are all current Hall of Famers. Since Benoit's suicide, alleged suicide, numerous explanations for his action have been proposed, including concussion, steroid abuse, CTE, failing marriage. These murders led to a sensational media speculation everywhere you turned. Every television station you put on yeah. was all of a sudden wrestling was front and center as the I told you so media were trying to get literally trying to get wrestling banned from the air. Oh, yeah. And I'm not yeah. making this up, folks. Murphy. Oh, no, knows it. Yeah. Here's yeah. a fact check. We checked it. Fact check. Finding was true. Benoit missed the weekend house shows, telling WWE officials that his wife and son were vomiting blood due to food poisoning. Stop right there. Hold the presses. This came out a week ago, about four days ago, excuse me. 
which was one of the reasons we scheduled the Benoit show for tonight. It is absolutely true that that was the text from Chris Benoit's phone. Mm -hmm. But I think Chris was smart enough to know that food poisoning will not make you vomit blood. No, it will not. How do I know this? Because I have a list in front of me, literally right now, a list in front of me of things that will make you vomit blood and food poisoning or food in general is nowhere on the list. It mentions aspirin, benign tumors, acute liver failure, um, esophageal cancer, uh, gastric viruses, um, gastritis, pancreatitis, pancreatic cancer, peptic ulcers. The list goes on. There's literally like 30 Mm -hmm. things on this list. Okay. Mm-hmm. But nowhere, nowhere does it say right. food poisoning. Exactly. So, whoever wrote this and sent it to WWE, mm-hmm. I do not believe was Chris Benoit. I think Chris would know better because he was. Everyone knows he was a health food junkie. He was a health fanatic. Everybody knew this. Everybody knows this. Who knows the, the situation? I don't think he anybody could have known other than perhaps Benoit himself. Perhaps himself. What was the date on that uh, text? I will tell you right now. Uh, That was uh, Friday evening. That was Friday evening. He's scheduled to do a house show on Saturday. That's the house show he never showed up for. That's the the house show that Chavo Guerrero allegedly called him and said, left the machine message. Hey, buddy, you know, um, where are you? Are you on? Are you en route to the arena? You know, where they were supposed to be. Where the hell were they in Baltimore? I believe so. They were supposed to be in that area. I think they were in Baltimore that night. Mm Because Benoit lived in Fayetteville, Georgia. And Baltimore, if you drive from Fayetteville to Baltimore, it's about a three-hour drive. If you fly, you're there in 30 minutes. And then that text message that he left that the dogs were outside in the pool area as well. Oh, Oh, wait, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to talk about that. He said, and don't forget that the dogs are outside in the pool area. Don't forget. You know what? He Amelia, said. why don't you go ahead and, and address that? Go yeah. ahead and do that now. Yeah, he also left the text message to Chavo. And don't forget that are the two dogs are going to be outside in the dog in the pool area. Why would he leave a text like that? Say, do not what, forget. Yeah, that's you remember Murph. We asked that question before, and he's like, wait a minute. Why would he send me a text saying, do not forget? What does that mean? And uh, he tried to call him back. Of course, it, he didn't answer. But why, why would he send me that? He's like, that's strange. Okay. Why would he that, send me a tick like that? that? That's a valid question. Murphy. Mm-hmm. Why? Okay, so here's the question for you. Let's answer that question. Why? Why would he leave that message? Would it be A, an alibi? B, someone pretending to be Chris saying, 
these things, you know, to uh, the the, um, to allure, the other party, the WWE like... official. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was the person who actually got that text was Tony Garia because he was the road agent, and you had to check in with the road agent. Mm-hmm. I think it was B. I think it was somebody somebody yeah. pretending to be Chris Benoit. Yes. I believe that, that too. Let me see what our friends over here say. Yeah. Um, Slaw says until recently, Vince has been able to hide and or to 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 hide and or every scandal, and he was not able to hide this. No, he was not able to hide this. I'm going to tell you why. Somebody got sloppy. I think they were supposed to. I absolutely believe, and Slaw, I'll say this for the record. I've said it before. I think that Chris Benoit was the target. I do not believe now, nor did I believe then, that his wife and child were ever targets. I think that whoever killed Chris didn't realize that they weren't alone. That's what I think. The possibility. That's what I think. I don't think they realized that Nancy and Daniel were in the other room. Because Chris Benoit had an entrance door to his gym. He also, you're going to see the house tonight. You're going to see where he lived. He had a very, very big, very beautiful house. We're going to take a look at it in a little bit. The other question, Slaw. Why would they give Benoit so much airtime and championships if Vin didn't like him? Well, it's not that Vince didn't like him. It's whether Vince could make money off of him. You got to understand. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon only knows one thing, Slaw, how to make money. As he's a matter, not, he's as not a matter of fact, I'm, I'm sorry, Angelo, I don't mean to cut you up, but as a matter of fact. Then don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's well, what, what happened. I, I'm going to, I want to, no, you jump in, Murph. Hold on, hold on a minute. Um, it's not that he didn't like him, and I'm going to let Murphy, Murphy knows. Um, Vince loved anybody who made the money, and Chris Benoit made the money. Go ahead, Murph. You're front and center. I'm going to bring the camera up on you. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I'm quoting Paul Heyman. Okay. One of the man things when, when he first met Brock Lesnar, yeah, boy, that kid's money. Yep. And when he when uh, when um, Paul E. Dangerously, Paul Heyman did that uh, shoot on Vince McMahon in the ring on, yep. you know, on live TV. That was a lot he, of shoot, brother. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, he said he, he said Vince McMahon. He says I said to Vince, hey. What do you have any concern of what I'm going to say? First words out of Vince's mouth: "Make me money, shoot hard, and make me money." Is what he exactly said. Yep. Shoot hard and make me money. And that's what Vince loves. That is the altar that Vince worships at. Absolutely. The Almighty. Mister Slaw, there is your explanation. Vince McMahon is all about the almighty dollar. I met Vince McMahon. I don't like him. He is a quite a narcissistic individual. Um, the sun rises and sets at his feet. And he can afford, literally afford to buy anything he wants. 
or anyone, including police silence. And it wouldn't be the first time Jimmy Snooker, um, uh, Nancy Argento. Interestingly, another another Nancy in the case. In the, oh yeah, you know, interesting. Another Nancy. Nancy Argento was uh, mm-hmm. the late Jimmy Snooker's girlfriend at the time. I say this with respect because I know Carol Snooker. And Carol is a wonderful lady, a sweet, sweet lady. Um, okay, that's why he didn't want to lose John Cena. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And that now you understand. John really? Cena wasn't going anywhere, okay? John Cena also worshipped at, at the altar of the Almighty Green. Okay. There's an expression slaw in wrestling. Red turns to green. Mm-hmm. Blood means money. Yep. Okay. Vince McMahon's got a lot of blood on his hands, which means he's got a lot of money on his hands, too. Yeah. Now, um, let's get back into dissecting this case a little bit. Oh. We got a lot of information to go through. I mean, a lot. Um, so, Murph. Talk to me about the initial the initial night when everyone paid respect to Chris. And then the very next night, once the, it came out that he not only was dead, but that he killed his wife, allegedly killed his wife and son, and then allegedly committed suicide. A 5'11 guy on a six-foot weight machine a weight pulling machine by the way folks well to go back to uh vince mcmahon you know vince mcmahon at first uh monday night came out announced the death of chris benoit and every had everybody come out and pay respect yeah uh, volunteers uh then the next night he disavowed it he he cut benoit off at the knees he deleted him from videos uh, anything you can think of, he deleted his likeness from. He deleted but, his whole life in wrestling, brother. But the, well, I was getting to that. Yeah. But the thing of it is, why? If it was alleged that he did it, and as far as I know, in America, you're still innocent until proven guilty. Why would he? Why would he not wait until all the facts were out? Well, that's the million-dollar question, is it not? Here's it is. the question I have for you and Amelia, and we always, mm-hmm. as we do, ladies go first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, here's the question I got for both of you. Murphy alluded to it a moment ago. What was this hard-on that Vince had for Chris Benoit? Would he not? Here's here are my mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Right. Uh-huh. Here are my bullet points. Okay. Did he not play ball? Did he not do something that Vince wanted him to do? Did he flat out say no to a road agent? So what's the case here, Amelia? I think it's uh, something that he, he didn't do what Vince wanted him to do. He wasn't a team player with something that Vince wanted him to go along with. If you Ah, there she, Michael, she mentioned the word. She mentioned the word team player, mm-hmm. team player. It's been a said and alleged. Again, we have to say alleged. Alleged. Yes. It's been said and alleged 
that Chris Benoit was a rogue, that he was kind of like the a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you know about that, Amelia? Then Murph, I'm going to ask you that same question. Well, of course, Vince has certain things that he had certain wrestlers do. And if you didn't do what Vince wanted you to do, then he set you apart. Because just like in certain places, you have your little click, as you might yeah. say. And if you had, if you were in the click, then you were in it. And yeah. you would get a certain amount of money, probably in your certain little matches, your certain little belts, as you might say, your little championship. And if you didn't, yeah. then you were out in the little you get your matches if you got your matches and you got your little stay and you got your nice little hotels and if not you got to stay in a little roach hotels or you got to do that if not you could be with Vince ladies and gentlemen let me introduce you (laughs) to the late Charlie Thunderfoot Norris (laughs) still alive (laughs) we got him in anyway I was gonna about to tell you as well that he had just messaged me that he was trying to get in Charlie uh, it's funny Charlie came in at a great a great point um (laughs) we were just talking about here's the question that I asked and since you're here, let's. I'm going to go right ahead with you and ask you, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Norris. Hey, yeah. sorry. The, the question I that I put out there, Charlie, was: Did Vince McMahon have a hard on for Chris Benoit? And if so, was it due to a he didn't play ball, b he didn't do business, c he didn't do what Vince wanted him to do? He didn't kiss his ass, suck his cock, whatever the case may be. Um, what do you think? Why did, did Vince McMahon have such a hard on for uh, for Chris Benoit? You know, I don't know. Chris never said nothing about it. You know, they were pushing him to the moon, and he won the world title. And, um, you know, I, I felt bad for Vince when, you know, he had to go on these shows and talk about what happened because he was in shock. And I don't, Chris wasn't ever going to kiss no one's ass. He didn't have to. And, um, you know, it's like I was having anxiety all day today thinking about this because I, I, you know, it's traumatizing to me. It's, it's you know, yeah. like, guys don't like to talk about it. But I'll just tell you what I know about it. No, I don't think Vince, I think Vince took good care of Chris. You know, he made him the champion. And, yeah. Um, I just I felt bad for all the boys there when that happened because yeah. they they probably knew Chris a lot more. They were on the road a lot longer with him. But you know, to me, Chris, I'll tell you how we met. I mean, we met at a TV taping briefly one time, and we go your own way and you do your thing. But um, he, we were getting a, we're working twenty one days tour in Florida, working mm-hmm. seventeen or eighteen days together. And so I was at a hotel getting a getting a room. I was a new guy. I was just gonna get my own room. I didn't, you know. So the lady at the front desk there in Daytona, I think it's at the Hilton, she started like she looked at me, she says, We don't allow your kind here. Really loud. And all the boys were around me. And Chris was like two people back to me. And um I said, Well what kind what do you mean? She said, We yeah, do not like that? your she don't, we don't like your kind here. We don't want you here. I'm like, um, Indian? She said, yeah, we don't want you kind. You're kind of people here. Really? And Chris, Chris came up to me, and went, and I didn't even barely knew Chris before. And he said, you fucking racist bitch, you motherfucker. <laughs> and he said, man, he said, this is a professional roster right here. You don't have no business talking to him like that. He just exploded on her. And after that, he said, come on, Charlie, we'll go across the street and get a room. And we roomed together for three weeks and stayed together. We talked, and he was he was real personable, real quiet. Um, 
just to, man, we toured a hostel every night. It's the first time ever I got a standing ovation, come back to the curtains. All the boys were standing and clapping. I didn't even know what that meant. But I yeah, just, big I deal, it was, brother. But it was Chris. I said, you guys, it was all him, and it was. You know, I told him, I'm yeah. extremely nervous about working with you. He said, well, just shut up and listen out there. And he did, and he, man, we tore it down, and it was unbelievable. I, if I could have just worked with him on some TV matches, I would have been an international superstar because he was that damn good. Yeah. And we, and when he started opening up as we going along, he started getting more comfortable. We'd stay up almost all night till like, 4 in the morning talking in the dark, mm -hmm. staring at the ceiling in the hotel rooms. And he really opened up to me. And, um, you know, he really was a very personable guy. He was looking for that one solid guy. And I, yeah. I know I would have been him if I would have stuck around. And um, But um, I think Eddie Guerrero was that guy. They were really Well, tight. Charlie, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go there. And, and a lot of people, they have their theories about the relationship that, that, that Chris and Eddie had. Um, I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. They had a very, very close bond, almost like a marriage. Yes, exactly. Um, they were like closer than brothers. Yes, they were. There were alleged, and I have to use this word, I got to say alleged. There were alleged stories of them being intimate. Yes. I don't believe that. I don't believe they were ever intimate. No, but they were very close. Like, to, yeah. like you're on the road with these guys all the time. All the you're time, sleeping in the same bed sometimes. Yeah, you know? they met in Japan. They they worked in Japan at first, and um, that's where they became real tight brothers. And yeah. me and Brad Armstrong were like that. You know, people were trying to talk about me and him, but we didn't care. Yeah. We, we were just close, tight brothers. Where it, call me at three in the morning, I got you. You know, call yeah. call him at three in the morning. I, can I, you I, I, can you elaborate on that, Charlie? Can you tell people what life on the road is like with two wrestlers? Uh, well, you, 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 you know, when you're new in the business, you're excited, you're nervous, you're scared, you want, you don't want to fuck up, you don't want to hurt nobody. And Chris, and Chris was just so good in there. He just, he calmed me down, he relaxed me, he took care of me. I stiffed him one time, he's had a bloody lip, and oh my God, I was apologizing. He said, oh, shut up, don't worry about it, you know, and he was, he's one, yeah, you get real close, and me and Sam Houston were like that, you know, we were, we were just real close like that, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And um, yeah, yeah, you and Sam actually were, were tag partners for for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, we went overseas together and down through the south there. You guys here. were the Renegades, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Renegades. Yeah. So let's talk about that relationship. But when when Eddie passed away, and I had the, uh, I was just telling Murphy before the show, um. The, I had the, the privilege, the I, and I call it a, a rare privilege, of seeing Eddie Guerrero and Chris wrestle each other in Philadelphia Wow! at the Spectrum. Um, I also saw them years ago, many years ago. They wrestled each other with ECW when they first came over. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that Eddie and Chris were both in ECW. Yeah, they that were was both a long there. time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and nobody could follow those guys, man. They were unbelievable. Yeah, but they they weren't they weren't they weren't like that at all. I know that you know. Um, yeah. Um, Chris, I've never I never seen him do drugs. I never seen him take steroids. It was adamant in the locker room. I'll never spill the beans on who, but he, I never seen him do none yeah. of that. He drank very little. Um, yeah. At the end of the week, he'd have a beer or two at the bar and 
just a real quiet person, hard to yeah. get to know. And um, he'd go around and say hi to everybody, but he'd be, you know, he'd be alone. So he's looking for, yeah. and I was that guy for a while. We stayed in touch for years, years. And um, he'd yeah. call me out of the blue and he, he just didn't sound right. You know, I'm like, you know, when you win WrestleMania and the, t the title, I mean, you just go down. What can you, you know, you just go down from it. That's the top. So yeah, that that's a, that's a big, big deal though. Oh, it's that's huge a deal, huge yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. That's a big payday. At a huge payday. Mm -hmm. Mike Murphy, um, Thunderfoot mentions that he never saw, he was never in the presence of Chris while he was doing steroids or drugs mm -hmm. or anything. Can you tell everybody, Mike, uh, how many boxes and boxes of steroids the police found in Chris's house? Uh, yeah, first off, Charlie, my brother, how are you? Hey, my man. Good to see you. Look good, man. Ah, you look good too, brother. I, I look old, fat, and gray. <laughs> I, I, I'm whatever in gray too. I feel yeah. like <laughs> but, uh, I just want to say, uh, yeah, when uh, the investigation was done in uh, Chris's house, they found uh, cases of uh, anabolic steroids, D-ball, that kind of thing. Um, which at that time, I don't know if it still does, but at that time ran rampant in the business. Yeah, uh, the schedule. I mean, you had to pretty much oh, use yeah. it. Oh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not denying it. I, yeah, I, it was I, insane, you know, I've, I've done it too. You know, I will not deny it. Yeah, it, I, 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 I want. I kind of, but I had a bad feeling, and I'm glad I didn't now because I would have probably been a millionaire and I would have been dead a long time ago. So, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I lost a lot of good friends because of that. Laronitis yeah. was the last one, you know, and, and he didn't. He didn't do no drugs or anything either. But yeah. damn steroids and that gross hormone, man. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize. Oh, that's, that's nasty stuff, brother. That's yeah, a and, nasty and, and Chris was a naturally small guy, like Dynamite Kid. He's a 150-pound kid, uh, Davy Boy. They're small. Yeah. They're small kids. Well, they Charlie, you know, you, you mentioned something really important just now, Charlie. Um, everybody looks at Chris and they say he was a small guy. Yeah. He was five foot eleven. He was almost six foot tall. Yeah, he was he was he was wide too. He made he wasn't you know he was wide. Yeah, he too. had short. He had smaller legs though than Small, upper. Yeah. His, his yeah. upper body was longer, but yeah. he was very wide. He had like his shoulders were like three and a half feet wide. Yeah, he had a big, big presence in the ring, you know. And very he told much me so. one night. I asked him. I said, "When do you feel the best? When do you feel the freest in your life?" And he said, "When I'm flying off the head top." Uh, turnbuckle with that flying head button. Harley told him to quit doing that. You know, you're gonna hurt yeah. your neck because Harley used to do that all the time. And um, and um, he he um, he still kept doing it. And they said that's yeah. the only time when I'm flying through the air. I don't, I don't think about anything. Okay, Mama. So yeah, and, we uh, have a guy in the chat room tonight, part of our audience. He's got a very interesting point, and it and he's absolutely right. It's a weird story. When they found out that about Chris, it was at Vince McMahon's fake funeral. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah, yes, I yeah. remember that. They stopped How doing. ironic is that? Yeah. It's either ironic or WWE putting messages out. What do you guys think? Because they've done weird shit like this before. Oh, yeah, all the time. Something comes up and they're fake. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and I'll never understand it because... 
he was such he was a loving guy he, he'll do anything for you he always asked me if you do you need money do you, i'm like no man you know i did but i was gonna say you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah right? he, he was like that you know he got a bunch yeah. of kids over here in fargo they were over here in fargo one time and uh he, I, I called him up i said can you get these kids in the back door from red lake reservation here we just had a school shooting and uh, he said, sure, yeah. man. He said, are you coming? Are you coming? And I, I said, I hope so. Maybe, you know, I had to work yeah. that time, but I didn't go. And he was and all the guys. They treated these kids so good, you know, because we had our own school shooting here. But Chris called me. Yeah. And said, oh, I was so disappointed he didn't show up, brother. But I understand. Yeah. I understand. But then it just seemed like there was a dark side to him. I mean, I kind of sensed it a little bit. Um, he talked about gonna, I was going to ask you about that, Charlie, mm-hmm. but since you volunteered it, let's talk about he it. Never, he never said nothing, but I could sense it when he was talking. Like, I could, I for the life of me, I couldn't make this guy laugh. I, I've never seen him laugh hard. I, I mean, a little smile, maybe. I knocked his tooth out one night, but I didn't know it was yeah. a... It was a false tooth. He put it's it right interesting. back interesting. Somebody, it, Charlie, it's funny that you say that. It's funny you say that, Charlie, because um, we got a guy in the chat room. I'm going to read this to you. Benoit always seemed like a psychopath to me. Mm-hmm. He was always angry, and he did that gesturing of slitting someone's throat. You know when they when a guy does this? Yes. Like Taker used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hell, Bret Hart did that. I mean, who was it? Shawn Michaels? They all did it. Everybody, Michael. you know, yeah. Vader. Vader used to do that. Leon. Used to I do did that. it one time, and they told me don't do that no more. You know, and and um, yeah, Why Chris used to really do it really slow, like you know, that's what Chris mm, used to do. He used to yeah. really like sell it, you know, like yeah, like pull it back and everything. And then, you know, then he hung himself. You know, apparently. Well, Man. Yeah, but can I ask you about that, Charlie? Now, Charlie, I know that you've worked out in your life. I also know that you've used the uh, a pulley weight machine from time to time. Mm-hmm. Okay, those machines are about six foot tall. Yeah. How does a guy five eleven hang himself on a six foot machine? You know, I always, I always, I talked to um, um, some people. Uh, I talked to uh, um, one man gang's wife, Mary Allison. She said, "I blame Kevin Sullivan for that." because of what happened there so kevin i never did like kevin sullivan in like I, his aura was evil he was devil man or whatever and he's really like that to yeah. me anyways and i i stayed away from he's on a booking committee yeah and i just didn't have nothing to do with him because i was kind of scared of him i didn't want to be around that kind of well thing, let you know? me tell people something and we have we have it here and we fact checked it uh, i, I want to make sure that everybody understands what i'm saying we had a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. We have fact-checked certain pieces of information here. Kevin Sullivan, fact, is a, a ranking member of the Church of Satan. Yes, yes he is. That's, yeah. that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's not just a gimmick. Mm-hmm. He's living the gimmick, okay? The other thing, fact-checked. Um, Kevin Sullivan, you could see it for yourself, was a guest on this show. Really? He was I a guest on my show. I had him on this show. I was not allowed to ask him about Chris Benoit. I yeah, was not I, allowed. Know, that made it easier for me to 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 digest that if if he did plan something with his followers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I for years I believed that. And I, I don't really know for sure. I mean 
the guy I knew, like I said, but he did have brain damage. He watched some of his matches. He was very self-destructive in the ring. One night he called a spot. He said, um, put me on top rope, give me the belly belly off the top. I said, I've never done that. He said, just fucking do it, you know, and I did it. And he flew all the way across and hit the other turnbuckles over there. And I that's the hardest backward land. I was like slow motion. All of a sudden, oh, I mean, I had to go to chiropractor the next morning, but... I said, go ask him if he's okay. Go ask him if he's okay. And you know, the referee, and he was, yeah, I'm fine. So I, he he was so phenomenal, man, in the ring. He was he was yeah. a master. And Dynamite was, he first seen Dynamite, he was a young boy, and he said, that's what I want to do with my life. And that yeah. Calgary bunch, them, them, them hell tours up there, a lot of those guys made it, but they were crazier than hell. Yeah, man. but Charlie, he took way too many unnecessary risks, brother. Yes. He, yes. Mike Murphy, you've got, you're, you're a guy that's, Spent 25, almost 30 years in the ring. Murphy, talk to me about working smart and working hard. Uh, well, working smart, you take care of your the person you're in the ring with. He takes care of you because you're both, you know, getting That's paid. bread and butter. Way, and you want to keep working. You want to feed your family. Yeah, it's your bread and butter, absolutely. Right. You get hurt, you get out, you're not, you're not able to feed your family. Yeah. That's you know, taking care of each other, that's working smart. Working hard, there are guys that are tight with a punch or a kick. They're, you know, there are guys who work stiff. Mm -hmm. I've been working stiff a day in my life. Yeah, I, I, I had so many concussions. You know, when you get a concussion early in a match from a bad bump or something, yep. every time you take a bump after that, that's another concussion, another concussion. And, and Bret mm -hmm. Hart is the one that smart me up. He said, you're taking your bumps on your head, man. Stop doing that. Yep. I had a lot, of, and I'm getting so forgetful today. I mean, man, <laughs> not because of that. You know, one, I one thing I want the chairs. I, I wanted you see, so, when you're on the road like that, you just get in that groove. You just get more self-destructive every night as, mm -hmm. as it goes on. You want to be better. You want to be harder. You want to do everything better than. Well, you don't want to lose your spot. Well, yeah, yeah, and you want to. You just, it just, you just, you gotta just do it. You know, I was in Japan seven yeah. weeks one time, and oh my God, I, I almost, I said, I'm never going back again, man. I, I got I, a question for you, Charlie. You might know the answer to this because I think you were there at the time. I'm not absolutely certain, but I think you were there at the time. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan was Booker for WCW. Yes, he was on the committee. Yeah. And Chris Benoit and Eddie were there along with um, the Malenko and Perry Saturn. Yes, yeah. okay. Saturn, those four guys. Yeah. Okay, terrific. I want to ask you something. Because I'm not something I can't, I'm a pretty intelligent guy, but I can't wrap my head around this. You know, hold on, Murph. I can't wrap my head around this, Charlie. How does Kevin Sullivan go from the vengeful ex-husband to putting the title on Benoit, putting him over like a million dollars, making him a million dollars, making him more than he thought he would ever make? How does he do that and... And, and turn around and order this kind of hit on him. How does he do that? Or is that all part of the psychology? Um, well, Chris was making $1,500 a week down there at the time. And when I was there anyway, maybe he got a raise later. But they never like they should have. You know, they never did. Those, all those guys were talented guys. And they didn't. They just, they quit. They went to Vince. And, 
you know, and that's where Chris really made his money. And, and yeah, did, he became did a millionaire there, Charlie. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. WrestleMania, you're a millionaire main event. And and yeah. um, but um, it's um, it, I I that was easy for me to think that Kevin Sullivan had something to do with it. You know, and a lot of people think that. Because yeah. it was so well planned or whatever, how they did it, I don't know. But he did have severe brain damage. Well, I gave information tonight to Mike Murphy. Did you read it, Mike? Uh, I, unfortunately, I didn't get through all of okay. it before. I'm, we going, I'm going to read some information about Kevin Sullivan. Well, I, I got and something I'm, about Kevin Sullivan I'm going to say. And I'm going to mention it tonight. Before okay. I do, I have to, of course, mm-hmm. bring in the female perspective here. <laughs> Amelia. Hey. (laughs) Sorry. Now, Amelia, since you're the only woman on the panel and uh, all three of us have brain damage from too many chair shots, um, let's let's ask you, uh, does Mm -hmm. it make sense for you? Mm -hmm. Does it make sense for you from a psychology standpoint, from a throw them off their track standpoint, for Kevin Sullivan to put the strap on Chris and then fuck him over later on. Oh, basically, yeah, it's like giving him the the whole cookie jar and say, here, look at all these nice little cookies that I can give you mm-hmm. to kind of like throw them off the point and then take it all away from him and say, see what I gave you, now I'm going to take it all away. Mm-hmm. See what you could have and then it's mine back and it's mine again. Because yeah. there was also... Uh, a thing on there too that I read that all of a sudden his death was announced before any before anybody in the social media by somebody that do that knew how to do the Wikipedia. Okay, let's talk about that. that. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's critical. There yeah. are a couple of things here, you guys, that don't jive up with the official yeah. story. And teenagers, of course, back then were into the Satanism, and so and who is in the Satanism? Of course, Kevin Sullivan. Um, I want to. I want to first of all give credit, give kudos, and give thanks to a group called Chris Benoit. Is uh, the the evidence and facts that Chris mm-hmm. Benoit is innocent? That's mm-hmm. a Facebook group. I want to. First, acknowledge them. I mm-hmm. want to say thank you to um, Dean, Johnny Angel, and the interviews conducted by the family of Chris for helping out um, with some of his <laughs> posts and stuff. Um, yes. Thank so you. here is what they say directly from their group. This is the new evidence. Mm-hmm. And, and I have heard this but never saw it in writing before. Right. Chris Benoit, I mean, I'm sorry, Kevin Sullivan threatened Chris Benoit, told yes. him that he would kill him. Yes, I've Kevin heard that. Sullivan is a high-ranking member of the Satanic Church. Fat checked, finding is true. They live on revenge. By doing this crime, not only would Kevin Sullivan have lived out his as Satanic Church creed with his revenge, but he would also have destroyed Chris Benoit's reputation. And as you guys know, Charlie and Mike... You guys know that a wrestler's reputation is all he's got. Why would he tie his wife up before killing her? He would have no reason to, but Kevin Sullivan sure would. Yeah. When Chris sent the text messages, that could have been a cry for help. Yeah. Of course, he could call someone, either that or the real killers, 
sent the text to make it look like Chris. And I said that earlier. It didn't sound right to me. Those text messages didn't, they did not ring true to me, Charlie. Charlie, no. they sounded like somebody playing games, man. It yeah. sounded like somebody playing games. It didn't sound legit. I said yeah. that to you, Murph, remember? Yeah, yeah. It didn't Especially sound legit. leaving dogs outside by the pool area where they could drown. Yeah, right? Exactly. You don't want to do that. Not with dogs. In no. most every suicide case, here's the here's the, the clincher, and then we'll talk about it. And we'll start with Murph, and we'll go around Charlie and then Amelia. In almost every suicide case, and believe me, folks, I know people that have committed suicide. They always leave a note. In almost every suicide case, there's a suicide note. Why didn't Chris Benoit leave one? If he did commit these crimes, he had the time to tell people why. He had the time to talk to his family, his father, who he loved and adored, his fans, who he loved and adored, and more importantly, his boss that made him a millionaire. Okay. If he did commit these crimes, wouldn't Chris want a suicide note to explain all of this? Make they found an open Bible. Oh, you're not asking me first, but they did find an open Bible there. I oh, guess. yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Yeah. A former LAPD detective said, quote, I haven't heard of a suicide note or someone. Uh, I haven't seen or heard of a suicide note in this case or someone who talked with Mr. Benoit that can say he actually talked to them. So everything's been by text. He didn't actually like. Hey, you guys, you know, pick up the phone and say, yo, what's happening? Or, you know, how you guys doing or whatever. It's all been text. You know, and you if you don't know who's behind that text, it's just words on a on a page. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What happened to uh, innocent until proven guilty in the court of law? Everybody crucified Benoit as soon as they found out that he, his wife and his son were dead. They made this guy the proverbial Jesus. They hung him on the cross. Yeah. Okay? Because, I mean, they crucified him. Legit, you know, um, speculative, nobody will know now. But we're trying to get answers. That's why, folks, we do these shows. Um, what happened to uh, uh, guilty, uh, innocent until proven guilty? In all crime cases... Police do DNA, fingerprints, etc. Well, guess what? In Fayetteville, Georgia, they did not. In the Chris Benoit case, they didn't do any DNA, no fingerprint, fact-checked, finding true. Let's talk about this because I got more where that note came from. So, um, Charlie Norris, let me go to you first, my friend. Talk to me about this. Uh Suicide notes, um, cries for help. Yeah. Um, uh, it, does this sound like the uh, the Chris Benoit that you knew? No, not okay. at all. Not at where all. Did it, where did Chris go off the rails, in your opinion, Charlie? Well, you know, I think when he got mixed up with Nancy, um, I think that was his beginning of his downfall, I think. And I, um, 
I still, it's easier for me to believe that Sullivan did have something to do with it. You know, we'll probably never know, you know, hopefully we will someday. Cause it was very well planned out. It, it, it was years in planning to do that, to get back at him. Cause, uh, you, you know it, when you're going to know? I'll tell when, you when you're going to know. Everybody is going to know after Kevin Sullivan passes away. Because yeah. then somebody's going to talk. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. That's I what's going to so. happen. Everybody's too afraid as long as Sullivan is alive. As long as Sullivan is alive, people are afraid to talk. There's only one other person they fear. Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince is still alive. Okay? There are a lot of people afraid to talk because that man's still walking. There's a lot of it's going to come out about that WWF, what happened behind the scenes for all those years, what was allowed to happen. Yeah. The boys all knew about it. You know, I, I, it, it was a, it was a black iron industry when that happened because it was they blamed Chris for everything. And I just, man, the guy was just too loving to. Ivory, he didn't know what he was doing. Of course, you know for sure. But yeah, he would have had somebody would have had some kind of warning. He would have. He would have seeked help somehow before killing his son, yeah. you know. I mean, oh, man, I had anxiety all day about this today. I'm, used, I I'm, I'm sorry, brother. Let me <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Let, I, let I'm okay. Read, I'm going to read something over here, Charlie. But before I do, I'm going to go back to our audience. Um, let's see here. You 2 Wavy has a question. Did he ever tell Vince... That he had brain damage. Um, Charlie Murph, do you want either one of you guys want to take that one? Uh, I don't would, believe. Would, let me ask you this, Murph: Would it be an embarrassment for him to say to, to Vince that he had brain damage? Well, he wouldn't have to tell Vince. Vince, Vince had an open clause. Vince has open clauses with his doctors. If the doctors come to him with any information. How about that, Charlie? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, that he's right about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think Murphy is absolutely right. I think they had an open door policy. Mm -hmm. Um, let me read this to you. It's interesting stuff. It's really really interesting, and and nobody's nobody's even bothered to question it after all these years. So we generally accept that over a three day period. From June 22nd, the 3rd and 24th, Chris Benoit killed his wife, killed his son, went on a rampage weekend of rampant steroid, roid rage, allegedly roid rage, um, took out his wife, his beloved wife and son, and then killed himself on a six-foot weight machine, keeping in mind he's 5'11". Uh, and we're supposed to believe that he hung on this thing. Um, his son was strangled, asphyxiated in his sleep. Yes. Okay, so I want you to understand what I'm talking about here. It's gruesome. They, someone killed a seven-year-old boy by strangling him to death while he was sleeping. Okay. That's what we're talking about here. You're going just, to see that's where it gets me right there. I mean, I can see that maybe, bothers me, Charlie. Yeah, I, I just could not 
there's no way, man. He wouldn't do that. He talked about his son. I think he had two kids in Canada. I know he had a son he talked about a lot. And he adored them yeah. children. And I, I couldn't see Chris doing that to that little fella. You know, I just yeah. couldn't, man. Well, I'll tell you what, Charlie. That's a great segue okay. into what we're going to do right now. Um, this is, uh, and, and I have to do this, folks. I, I must do this, so forgive me. Be right back. Yes. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay. I have to issue that disclaimer because we have um, we have pictures coming up that are disturbing. Okay, so let me explain what we're looking at here. Mike, Charlie, Amelia, people at home, you're looking at Chris Benoit's home. You see in the front of that house, there's a horseshoe driveway. Yes. In front of that horseshoe driveway is a seven-foot metal and stone fence with a gate that uh, is electronically open and closed. You have to go quite a ways from the street to the front door of that house. I want you to look at it. Charlie, you ever been to Chris's house? No, no. He told me about it when he bought it, though. He, he said he paid cash for it and it was paid for. Yeah, that was his WrestleMania money, brother. Probably, By yeah, the way, probably. he made $3.5 million for that WrestleMania. Wow, in yeah. People want to know. That was his WrestleMania yeah. payday. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to go back here. I want to go back here because I want to make sure that you, you all see what we're seeing here. All right. All right, this is Chris. Daniel on the bottom, and David, who he has his arm around. Yeah. In the little circle up there, in the little circle up there, is Chris with a chokehold, interestingly enough. He's got a chokehold on a fan. The fan is the person with Chris right there. The fan's father took that picture. On the right-hand side of that screen, you see a bloody mess. Okay. This directly contradicts the police report that says that there was very little, if any, blood on the scene. That looks that like was, a lot of blood to me. That's the first time I've ever seen that. That, wow. is, that is where Nancy was found. Now, Charlie, Mike, and Amelia... I want to show you. I'm not going to actually show you. I'm going to tell you. <coughs> I saw Nancy Benoit's autopsy photo. It is. It bothered me so much that I cannot, in good conscience, show it on the air. Uh, and it. And and I want to tell you guys. We just saw Marilyn Monroe's autopsy photos. Yes. This stuff was gruesome. It was absolutely gruesome if you believe that this woman was just choked out and suffocated where's the blood come from it looks like she was that's stabbed my point that's my point charlie where'd the blood come from it looks like she was mm -hmm. stabbed not strangled she was stabbed there was a knife found we're going to see that in a little bit okay this was chris's office um, if you look at the office there, 
Uh, it's a mess. That's a pool table, by the way, in his office. Kind of like an all-purpose room. You see mm-hmm. a crushed can of Pringles on the floor mm-hmm. that seems to be stuck. It looks to me, Mike Murphy, this looks like a staged crime scene to me. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with that picture, Murph? Well, first off, from what I can tell, the, the TV is still on. Because uh, it looks like it's up against the wall. That could be a picture. I'm not 100% sure. No, it's um, a television. You're right. The TV was on. Yeah. Second, Chris Benoit was known to be very neat, very tidy. Yep. Yes, he was. Would never let his office get to that uh, level of messiness, if you would. Okay. Let's take a look. Okay. You're looking at a photo of the room Nancy was found in. This is from a still picture from Fox News in Fayetteville, Georgia. Keep in mind that what you're seeing on the news is blurred. You're going to see a crisper picture of that scene. Just keep in mind, these are... Okay. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right. I want to tell you, there's a person in that mess. Okay. Nancy Benoit is underneath that mess there. Look at all the blood from there. It must be her head. Yeah. Um, oh, my Charlie, goodness. there's also, you see that big piece of plastic at the bottom of the, sh- the picture there? What is that? That her body was wrapped up in that. I never knew that. I never yeah. knew that. It was wrapped up in plastic. Because they didn't tell you this stuff. Because these photos, and you're going to see the other place where these photos showed up, and you're going to shit yourself when I tell you. You're not going to fucking believe it. But this is a an official police photo. From the crime scene. She was wrapped up in plastic. They took her out of the plastic and they put a blanket over her. She's completely covered now. Man. All right, now. Okay. Wow. Mike Murphy, you've seen literally every picture from the crime scene. Can you tell me what's wrong with this picture? First off, uh, the only time I know anybody uses plastic, uh, that's usually the person who uses plastic is a pro. Yeah. Where have yep. we seen this? In the mafia? Yeah, yeah. Hitmen, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They wrap the body in plastic. They throw it in the trunk of a car. And and they wrap it in plastic mostly to avoid blood spillage. And yeah. not only that, but that that crime scene photo, there was definitely one hell of a struggle. And Absolutely. I don't think I don't think it was Nancy doing the struggling. I don't think so either. 
I hate now, to say it, I think it was Chris. Well, that was one photo. One photo array. You're going to see the next one. Now, before we get too far into this, you guys, Mike, Charlie, Amelia, mm -hmm. if you want me to stop this presentation at any place, just tell me to stop and I'll stop. Mike and Charlie, you remember when WWE did that video wall during the pandemic when people weren't allowed in? Remember they said they were... Is that Chris's picture in the audience? Yep. You've yep. got to be kidding me. I didn't know. Oh, my... Vince is oh, a sick motherfucker, man. Wait, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. He, he said that Chris Benoit would never appear. On WWE television. Well, there he is right on that board. And there you see the enlarged version. Keep that in mind, you guys. Because you're going to see some other stuff. By the way, Charlie, right there is where Nancy was found. Right at the, um, the, the behind that chair. Now, you're remember I showed you that Fox News photo that was all kind of grainy looking yeah this is the police photographer take this picture here okay mike murphy pointed something out that chris was a neat freak i want you to look at that room that room doesn't look like anything happened there okay that looks like a pristine room And there again is the same room on Fox News. Here's my question, Mike Murphy. You're a guy that's got a little bit of um, cleanup experience. Why would you want to blur this purposely? I was thinking hide things. Yeah, but what are they hiding? Because they just showed you the room is perfectly clean. Well, What's there that somebody doesn't want you to see? First off, it looked from the pictures, uh, it looks like the furniture there is two different colors. It does. Uh, um, it's a lot neater. It looks like a lot neater. I mean, yeah, it looks like uh, almost staged. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Charlie. Here, Mike. Here, Charlie. This is 
the picture just before it. And then there's the picture right after it. Same room. Same room, no. But they look like two different colored chairs. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. There again is that that photograph. By the way, Mike Murphy and Charlie and Amelia, I got a question for all three of you, and mm-hmm. I think I probably could tell you the answer, but I want to hear you. If you're a police photographer and you're a police officer investigating a, an alleged suicide, murder-suicide uh, in a home involving a whole family, um... Are you going to take a handful of pictures or are you going to take many, many hundreds of pictures? Thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures. Yeah, okay. you can think of. You're going to burn up at least 10, 20 different rolls of film. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to tell you guys something. The official, the official Lafayette, Georgia Police Department file of photographs regarding the Chris Benoit murder-suicide consist of four four photos you heard me right four, four. and you and you saw all four tonight in case you didn't know that already you saw all four there's one they didn't want you to see that came from the official police report too that's, That's the bedroom. Filthy. That's the bedroom. Now, is that is that uh, Chris and Nancy's bedroom? They think this is Daniel's room. Yeah, that's got to be Daniel's room. Yeah. I brought Chris Jericho into this because there's something that that he said early on that turned out to be absolutely not true. In one of the very first interviews after Chris Benoit um, was said to have been the murderer of Nancy and Daniel, Chris Benoit put, uh, I mean, um, Chris Jericho put forward that Daniel Benoit had what was called... um, a fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know now that he did not. There was okay. no, absolutely nothing wrong with this kid whatsoever. Yeah, he didn't have any kind of disease at all. What did they call it, Amelia? Say again. Uh, I can't remember the name of the syndrome, but it was some kind of where he, he wouldn't grow or something like that, and he was supposed to be getting growth hormones or something like yeah. that. And that, none of that was true. Okay. You get some perspective here now. You saw the house from the air. You can see where the front gate is and the wall I was telling you about. Look how far you have to go to the front door. Mm-hmm. You've got to, like, literally, like, drive to the, to the door or you're going to take a hell of a walk. Okay. I, I have a question. Sure, Murph. Okay, you look at that driveway. Now, Brandon, he's by himself, but I'm sure he had, you know, the Benoit family was living by themselves. Uh, but I'm sure they had neighbors. 
Now, when you have neighbors and you have any kind of celebrity, your neighbors are always watching. You're absolutely right, my friend. But yet nobody saw any kind of vehicle or anything like that come and go? Well, let me suggest to you, Charlie and Amelia, this. I think the neighbors did see someone come and go, but I don't think they paid mind to it because I think it's someone or an, or some people that have been there before, knew the house, thereby, ergo, there was no forced entry. He let them in. Whoever, I believe whoever killed Chris, he let them in. He he knew the person. Or Nancy did. Or or she did. Yeah. Right. Somebody that was always familiar going probably in and out of the house all the time. Charlie, what is your take on this, brother? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they had to, you know, the more I see this stuff, they blew that crime scene. They they should have been there for days with uh, with uh, special, you know, the people, the fingerprints, every little detail, hair, every yeah, little probably. thing. I think yeah. they just said this murder suicide. It's 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 all you know, and that's it, and let's just get out of there. They blew that man. Charlie, they had this thing wrapped up in nine days, brother. Yeah, no, 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 no. They should have been still in that <laughs> house on their hands and knees and for 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 Absolutely. nine months. <laughs> they should have. In in the military, Mike, they call it sweeping it, don't they? Uh, uh yes. Called sweeping it. Somebody should have went in. A team should have went in and swept this place. Yeah. In other words, every nook and cranny. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about Kevin Sullivan. Let's talk about Nancy Sullivan Benoit. Let's talk about Daniel, and let's talk about traumatic brain injury. I do not doubt for one moment. In fact, I think the evidence is very compelling that Chris had a messed up cerebral cortex. His cerebellum was all but mush. In other words, he had severe brain damage. Um, that's probably, Charlie, why you never saw him smile. Yeah. That's probably why. They say that people with this kind of disposition are very, they're lone wolves, they're loners. They, uh, they keep to themselves. They don't do a lot of uh, interaction socially. They tend to be very uh, either manic depressive or bipolar. They also happen to suffer from either bipolar disorder or attention deficit disorder ADD you're looking at Nancy Benoit when she was married to Kevin Sullivan she was called woman at the time I think was it Murphy was she was called woman or was yes. there another name she was called woman no, she, was, she went by woman yeah, woman by okay mm-hmm. All right. Again, Kevin Sullivan. The more 
you mention his name, the more he seems like a very ample, very um, fitting suspect. But what if we're all wrong? What if it was not Kevin, but somebody completely different, someone completely removed? Someone like Vince McMahon, perhaps. What would put be the benefit? Past. What would be the benefit, Mike Murphy? You're a guy that's been around for almost 30 years in wrestling. So you, Charlie. What would be the benefit of putting all of this time, money, and effort behind the guy to make him champion, knowing his payday is going to be millions of dollars just to turn around and kill him. Do you, do you let him live his dream out before he, before he dies like a lamb to the slaughter? I, I don't, I don't, I, I just think that that fucking Sullivan, man, I don't know. It's just my gut feeling. Yeah. It always was. It always was. And now I see these pictures they blew that crime scene. Those detectives and the special, they should have been there for a long time doing yeah. all that. Man. Yeah. You want to see something scary? Look at him and look at his son. David Benoit is a dead ringer for his father. I mean, look at this kid. Oh, yeah. He's he looks twin. just like he looks like his twin. Mm -hmm. You talk about, you know, seeing a ghost. I feel bad for the kid. I want to tell you why. I don't know if you know, Charlie. I know Mike Murphy knows. But David Benoit was being trained to wrestle. He got such pushback from his father that he quit wrestling school. So, and he wants nothing to do with the world of wrestling now. Well, that's understandable. Go ahead, Murph. Well, it's understandable he wants nothing to do with the wrestling world because now, I mean, it's, even if he finishes training and got into the business, <clears throat> he wouldn't be known as David Benoit. He'd be known as Chris Benoit's kid. He'd never be able to come out of that shadow. Or the mm -hmm. murderer's son. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. I want you to take a look at this, Charlie, Mike, Amelia. This is the bathroom. Somebody got their head bashed on that toilet. Yeah. I want you to look at the look floor. Like that. that floor, Charlie, is marble. It's Italian marble. That whole bathroom is marble, Mike Murphy. Mm-hmm. Look at the blood. It's everywhere. But we're going to talk about all this. Charlie, you said you never saw Chris smile. The only time I can, honest to God, I can raise my hand to God and tell you. The only time I've ever seen Chris, Chris smile in pictures is when he's with or next to Eddie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Only time. These guys had a bond, and that's why, like, everybody thought they were lovers. You know? <laughs> I have no doubt that they loved each other deeply. Oh, yeah. But do I think that they were gay lovers? No, I do mm. not. No. no.
change your face very quickly, guys. Okay, this is Chris and his father, uh, his family, his daughter. Uh, there's the ex-wife in the background. Um, they look like a normal family. In the company of his family. And there you go again, big smile. But nowhere else. Okay, Charlie, I want to show you something. Mike Murphy, I want to show you something. Amelia, mm -hmm. this was on WWE television. It's that video wall that they had going. What they did, what you are looking at, is a picture from the crime scene. They showed it on WWE television People were looking at the crime scene and had no fucking clue they were looking at the crime scene. Okay? Wow. What? Oh. Maybe I'm missing it, but all I see is somebody dressed up like a Klansman. No, you're not missing it. That's exactly what you're seeing. What you're what you're supposed to be seeing. And you may be missing it. No, but you're seeing the Klansmen. What you're not seeing is up on that wall. I'll give you a minute to look at it. Just look for the blood spatter. I am. I don't, I don't see it. It's the second picture in on the top. Oh, okay. There it is. Now I see it. Yeah, there, there you go. Mm -hmm. And they put it on live TV. This is the uh, induction that never happened. Chris Benoit was supposed to be inducted into the class of 2018. That, of course, never happened because they withdrew his name. Or I should say Vince McMahon withdrew his name. This yeah, but Mike, but Mike Tyson's in there. Well, wait a minute. So is Joni Lauer. So is Sonny. So is yeah. X-Pac. What do they have in common? Murders. All three, of them, <laughs> all three of them have done fuck films. They've all done porn films. Yeah. Every one of them have done porn. Including, by the way, Paul Levesque. This was when Eddie Guerrero passed. All right. Now, 
We got lots to talk about. Charlie, um, go ahead, Murph. I, I see you got a question. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, not so much a question, but a couple of uh, observations from the crime scene and all. Observe uh, my brother. Okay, first off, as Charlie will tell you, Chris Benoit, and I've said this before, was an Olympic caliber wrestler. Yep. He could do it all. So why were Nancy's feet, Nancy's feet and hands bound? Well, that's the when question. When all he'd have to I do is earlier. walk up behind her and choke her out. Yeah, well, and we, we've we said that. Actually, I think we talked about that on the other show. But we also right. mentioned it earlier in this one. Why would, why would there be a need to bind her, her hands and feet? And what right. just her well, feet bound her by the hands and feet, Murph? No. That was totally unnecessary. Right, but what I'm all he do is choke her out. If he did choke her out, why would he do that? Why would he have to do that? Well, Charlie, right. walk up behind her and choke her out. Yeah. Well, I think that Charlie, that's what Murph is saying. There were, you know, he, his, Chris was like five eleven, right? Mm -hmm. Almost six foot tall, but he had forearms that are like three times the size of mine. Yeah. Okay. He, the guy was jacked. He was fucking, you know, racked and jacked. This guy, a strong guy, you know. Not super tall by wrestling standards, but you know, but as you said, Charlie, wide and solid, a strong fucking guy. Believe me, yeah. snap her neck, man. Cause snap her also, neck. Yeah. Also, all right, it's been proven Kevin Sullivan is is a member of the church, a high ranking member of the Church of Satan. Yep. The Bible next to Nancy. Perfect way of throwing an insult out there to the religion. Yeah, good point. Like, we're going to yeah. kill her, put God's Bible right next to her. Um, I, believe, I personally believe that Nancy and David, may God rest their souls, were, were already dead when Chris got home. And he walked in on it. Monty and the Pharaoh have a brilliant, brilliant point they bring up. Sources say that in the last picture, the pencil was much too far away from the pad. It just does not add up. Is it possible that a former WWE writer was the murderer? Think about it, pen, paper, table. Maybe... Let's see. I, I want maybe Vince Russo. I don't. I don't know about Vince Russo. Um, maybe who else wrote for them? Mike, who, who else wrote for um, WWE? You had Jim Cornette, Vince Russo, Bruce Prichard, John Laurinaitis. John Laurinaitis. Yeah, well, they should can his ass too. Um, Monty and the Pharaoh, if you're still out there with me, um, you got me peaked now. This is interesting stuff. I got to ask, who do you guys think it is? And there's also rumored that uh, that Michael had already Xanax in his system that, uh, that he was already dead when he was choked. You know what, Mill, you talk about that. Yeah, they had said that he had already 
that somebody had already killed him before he was actually choked. So, and uh, before he was strangled, before strangulation, they said that somebody had already murdered him with the Xanax. And I want my slaw says when they do video walls, the person can put any image on the screen. I didn't realize that. I, I, oh, I yeah. thought that you had to have some kind of approval to do that. Oh, no, you can put anybody's um, face that you want to on there. Uh, here's what I'm, we know factually. All right, what we know is that between June 22nd and June 24th, we're absolutely certain of this time period, right? Between those couple of two, three days, something dramatic and sudden happened in the life of Chris Benoit that either he perpetrated, he participated in, he was a willing um, part of, or he, his wife, and kid were completely rammed, and they didn't see it coming. Or he knew it was coming and it went too far. I don't know. What do you guys, Murph, what do you think? Well, I think whoever did it, I think, uh, I think it was definitely a hit. I think that uh, Chris walked in on it. Yeah. I think so, too. I said that before. You know, the one thing, Charlie, that doesn't make any sense to me, and we've discussed this and we just can't figure it out. Murphy and I, this is the second show we've done on Chris Benoit. The other one was like about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. We did another show on Chris, and we asked the same question then. He had to know who his killer was. He let them in. He let he opened the door. He let them in. Yeah, there was I no think he person. let them in. Who was it? Somebody, obviously, it was someone or, or people that the neighbors would never suspect because it didn't throw up any red flags with the neighbors. In fact, to the point where, and I'm going to read this directly from the police report, the police enlisted the help of a neighbor to go into the house. Now, listen to this one. You want to talk about exposing yourself the police department who get paid the big bucks to go into these kind of situations they enlisted the help of a neighbor to go in well what if they were still in there what if somebody was in there with a gun or a knife and took out the neighbor so now you're going to tell me that the Fayetteville police department enlists the service of unwitting citizens to do their dirty work? Are you kidding me? I wonder how far. I'm sure he had security cameras too. I mean, they could have, you know. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure he had security cameras. He's going to have that in kind of, you know. Charlie, you are the only person, Charlie Norris, the only person that's mentioned security cameras in the entire investigation. You're the only one who said security cameras. Yeah, I mean, go back days, you know, because it would take more than two or three guys to handle Chris. Believe me. I mean, that guy, I believe it. <laughs> it would be, it would have to be more than one. And I, it's got to be more than one person involved. 
Chris Benoit, the way he was built, reminded me a lot of Bruno San Martino. Powerful, man. He was powerful. Powerful. 5'11", built like a gorilla, short legs, big upper torso, arms and a chest. Yeah, he was that strong. Was Bruno. Bruno was built the same way. Mm-hmm. He was like, something. he could crush you. Go, Murph. Something I wanted, that, which coattails off of what Charlie said. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever seen a mother fighting for her children? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're vicious. Oh, yes. Vicious. Right. Vicious, and they take on the strength of 10 men. They will do anything to protect their child. Yep. Hence... The uh, the the crime scene photo where the that one bedroom or living room was in total disarray. Absolutely. She was fighting for her life. She was Probably. fighting for a child's life. Yeah. And I believe to control a person like that takes more than one guy. Yeah. Here you go, Mike. This is and Charlie. This is what I was trying to get to you. It was later alleged that Daniel had fragile ex syndrome and that was uh the cause of his uh domestic problems in the benoit family they believed that and this was chris uh jericho that put this out there and this is when we're going to talk about him in just a second chris jericho put out on his podcast that daniel had fragile x syndrome which meant that he was a slow developing child it turns out that he did not have fragile X syndrome. He was a perfectly normal kid. He was just short for his age, mm-hmm. just like Chris was when he was young. It's those short legs and the, the, the longer upper body. Like the longer torso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was also suggested that the needle marks on Daniel's arm were the result of growth hormones given to him because Benoit and his family considered him undersized for his age. Chris Benoit didn't think because of his mental state. He didn't think about Daniel being short like he was short when he was young. He wanted his kid to be an athlete, a jock. He wanted his kid to wrestle. Okay, that wasn't ever going to happen for Daniel. It was never in the cards for him to wrestle. He was a small kid. Here we go. Benoit's co-worker and friend Chris Jericho stated from his own research that concerning those who had publicly stated they had no knowledge of Daniel having that condition, Jericho said... If Chris had described that he wanted to keep it to himself, you know, I I wouldn't have been able to pry that out of him. He, in other words, he, Jericho, issued this statement because he thought it was okay for him to do so because Chris was no longer around. What he did was he fired the cannon before he hit the ball in it, you know? Yeah. So he, it's like dry firing a gun. Um, on Monday, June 25th, WWE wrestlers and senior officials arrived in Corpus Christi. That's where it was for a house show. I'm sorry, for Raw, 
which was to take place that Monday evening at the American Bank Center. That's the one where you guys saw Vince McMahon standing in an empty arena in the middle of the ring, and he said, okay, what we thought we were going to do was celebrate Chris Benoit's life, but tonight we're going to write him off because he's a murderer and blah, blah, blah. This is before any anything was ever proven. So they either jumped the gun, I suggest to you, they either jumped the gun or they knew something we didn't at the time. Oh, I firmly believe that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And also to make Chris Benoit look guilty as well, Nancy had uh, filed for divorce because of allegedly domestic abuse that she was going to charge him with. And supposedly he was having an affair with another female wrestler at yeah. the WWE. And they were arguing over an insurance policy. But later on, she stopped the divorce. So that also gave the smoking gun to the person that started all this and put, of course, Chris as the guilty party. Yeah. Amelia, I have a slaw in the chat. He says, if Vince loved Chris, actually, anybody can take this. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if Vince loved Chris, why would he then refer to him as a monster? And by the way, he continually referred to him as a monster. Charlie, you want to take that one, then you, Mikey? Um, well, you know, Vince, I guess he kind of had to say that uh, because he's protecting his organization. Um, he, he shouldn't have done that. You know, he shouldn't have. There were so many mistakes in this whole thing with the investigation oh, and all boy. that. I think Vince was just trying to save face, you know, that put all the blame on Chris. Yeah. You know, and some should, some of the should have been put on Vince too. Uh, see, people would have noticed Chris if if something was going on. Chavo was real close to him too, you know, and yeah. uh, X Pac. All these guys, you know, they 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 said we did. There was, it's weird, man. We'll never figure it out. We'll never figure it out, you know. Slaw also says Chris was giving Daniel steroids. Slaw, you state that as a matter of fact. What proof do you have, please? I'll wait. Um, Amelia, while I'm waiting for Slaw to, uh, to present his proof of Chris giving Daniel steroids, mm -hmm. um, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next week? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have on the 20th, we have uh, Red, White, and screw you. We're going to be talking about some government, uh, the White House, you know, everything about the government, why it's corrupted. How the like government that. fucks over the people. Exactly. And why corruption. And then <laughs> you're going you know, to do. It's American about our government. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's not right I with might, it? <laughs> I might bring back Thunderfoot for that one, too. All right. <laughs> We're in trouble, man. Yeah, I know. Right, bro? And yeah, on the 22nd, we're going to do a special show about decoding symbols and things like that. You know, what kind of symbols, what they mean, like Google. We're going to discuss yeah. that, and Gmail, and things like that. And you're also going to be doing a special show with a Jewish uh, director. I am doing a show on Wednesday, September 21st, <laughs> with film director Alan Zweig, who directed an amazing film called When Jews Were Funny. Um, I should tell you that Alan's wig is Jewish, so I'm not poking fun at the Jews. No. In fact, I love the Jews, as a matter of fact. It's going to be a wonderful show. And I love and Jewish getting... humor a mm -hmm. lot. 
That's why I'm having Alan Joe. You and him together, just a candid conversation. Yep, me and Alan, nobody. Excuse me, I'm sorry. uh, Me and Alan and nobody else. Nope, just a candid conversation with two people. Talk about a great film. People love Jewish humor. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll tell you what. You know what, Charlie Thunderfoot. Um. If you're available, I'd like to bring you on to that uh, a, a red, white, and screw you. Yes. That would be great, man. I'd, I'd love like to, to have you know, about, Amelia. I'd like to talk about, yes. um, I'll the, tell you, you, get with Charlie after the yeah. show uh-huh. and uh, and book him for that one. Okay. Yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> so Slaw says it was reported in the news that Chris gave Daniel steroids to make him big. That was what was reported, Slaw. There's absolutely no proof of that. Um, what? Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what. He says that would explain the boxes of steroids. Actually, Mike Murphy, my friend of 25 years, has a very interesting theory on the steroids. Why don't you tell everybody what you think Chris was doing with those steroids, Mike? Uh, I believe he could have possibly been distributing them to uh, for uh, Vince. That's what Murphy has said that for more than like two years already. Mm-hmm. He's been saying that he thinks that Chris was uh, distributing these things for Vince McMahon. You got to remember he... something. It wouldn't be Murphy, and you know, brother, you and I lived through it. It and Charlie lived through it too. It wouldn't be the first time Vince got his hands dirty with steroids. 1981, the whole steroid scandal that almost brought Hulk Hogan to his knees. Oh, yes. Okay? Lest we forget that. Hulk Hogan, the ultimate warrior. Um, Oh, my God. Uh, 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 Tom Brandy. Um, uh, Who else? Uh, Jeez. Um... They were all jacked to the gills, man. They were all juiced up. Hercules Hernandez. Well, you even said that there was a reason. What's the reason that maybe Chris wouldn't play ball? Maybe he didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, brother, he was eating steroids like candy, you know, and I think Charlie can vouch for that. No, I mean, maybe he didn't want to distribute prevents anymore. Oh, distribute. Oh, yeah, I got you. You know, yeah. owed too much money to Vince and couldn't pay up. Well, you know, Amelia, you brought up an interesting point. What about that, Murph? Why don't you uh, why don't you have that conversation with Amelia about who benefited financially? Maybe he wasn't getting a big enough cut. Maybe he said to Vince, hey, I want a bigger cut if I'm going to take these chances. I think it's possible that when wrestlers started dying, because, I mean, let's face it, we had a couple of years there before Chris passed away. Yeah, well, wrestlers were dying left and right. Oh my God! Remember that, Charlie? Yes. And when Chris, I think when Chris saw that happening, hey, I, hey Vince, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to distribute anymore. Yeah. Vince could be, well, you're working for me, so you either do what you're told. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Vince for you. And Chris had just gotten dropped from Monday Night Raw down to ECW. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know none of that. I mean, yeah. I, it, Here's the thing, too, Charlie. Here's the thing, too. We talked about this earlier. That someone 
either Chris or someone using his cell phone texted the WWE um, road agent and told them he was going to miss the house show because Nancy and Daniel were throwing up blood because of food poisoning. Yeah. I just read a laundry list of things that you can get from food poisoning, but guess what? Vomiting blood ain't one of them. No. And it's nowhere, not even close to the list. So whoever wrote this, and I don't think Chris did, um, whoever wrote this had no knowledge of what food poisoning could do to a person. There's one other person who thro- kind of throws a monkey wrench into this. And I want to know if you know about this guy, Charlie. His name's Rene Dupree. I know of him. I, know, I don't know much about him. I heard okay. He says that he received a text from Chris earlier the day that all of this allegedly happened. Again... Rene Dupree was not able to prove it. Correct. Yeah, I know. So, it's interesting. You get all of this information, but conveniently, people forget. They lose the notes they wrote stuff down on. Um, The camera wasn't working. Uh, It ran out of film. Whatever the case, Chris had security cameras on that property. You could bet me. Okay? You're not going to tell me that somebody didn't see something. He had cameras inside his house. If you look closely at those photos, you can see them in the house. So nobody's going to tell me that Chris Benoit wasn't prepared for something but where's all the camera film where's the tape well that's the rub yeah yeah you know murph that's the rub right there where is all the video yeah unless it was turned off or something you know you see it on cop shows all the time or the camera wasn't working blah 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 i mean it was a very elaborate well thought out planned thing to just right off Chris says he was this and that. Even if he did have a brain of a 70-year-old guy, I never heard of a 70-year-old guy killing his own grandchild or whatever. You know, I never yeah. heard of that. You know, I mean, no. I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I still you know, don't believe and then, it. And then, Charlie, and that's a great point, Charlie. And here's what people do to try to justify that. They bring up the case of Vern Gagne who was 95 years old in an old age home Mm -hmm. suffering from dementia. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, as Mike Murphy will tell you, your brain works on muscle memory. Okay? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how old you are. Vern Gagne was a professional wrestler since he was 18 years old. Here he is now, 95 he killed a guy in the old age home. He got into a fight with a guy. 
he snapped in his brain. Mm-hmm. But this 95-year-old man killed another guy because he just couldn't help it. His muscle memory kicked in the gear, and he choked them out like a wrestling chokehold. Mm-hmm. He did. He but that was that was dementia. That was uh, Alzheimer's dementia. Chris didn't have that. Exactly. Right. But they said he had the brain of an 85-year-old. Well, let's be honest. If Vern was 95 and Chris was a 40-year-old guy with an 85-year-old brain, there's a disconnect on there some level, brother. Big time. Yeah. Big time. You know, Mike Murphy, talk to me about muscle memory. Where's the disconnect? Uh, there really isn't one. Explain, they, they, please, Mike. Well, they've had uh, amnesia patients where they can't remember their name, and they'll I say, here, write, write your name on this, and just out of muscle memory, they'll take the pen, and they'll write their name. Yeah. You know, uh, you're absolutely right. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm glad you said that. Like Tony Bennett, he, he's getting that really bad stuff now. When he gets in front of a crowd, he remembers every line, every chord. Exactly. Everything. Oh, yes. Tony Bennett remembers. He's 95, 96 years old. Mm-hmm. He, this guy, he, he may look into the lights, but I got news for you. He, and you're absolutely right, Charlie. He remembers every word to every yeah. song he ever sung mm-hmm. since the beginning of his career. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he's still singing like with Lady Gaga. Gaga, yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. And still doing albums to this career. day. Still doing another album as well. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love mm-hmm. him, man. I love In him his too. 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at Tom Jones is 83 years old. He's 83 years old and still remembers the first song he ever recorded and can yeah. still sing it. It's muscle memory. It comes back mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I, again, it, this is crazy. We're Here we are at 9 o'clock at night on the East Coast. It's um, 6 o'clock in California, L.A. right now. Uh, in the middle of the country, nobody knows because there's a whole lot in the middle of the country. <laughs> <laughs> 8 o'clock here in northern Minnesota. Where, where are the times in Minnesota, Charlie? It's eight o'clock here on Red Lake Reservation, Northern Minnesota. We're seventy miles away from at Red yep. Lake Reservation. Yeah, with Charlie's on the reservation there. Um, mm-hmm. Big a Native American community, huge Native American community. Charlie, didn't they just have a, a in the last several months had a big election out there? Yes, yes. I helped the new the chairman get reelected again. I oh, beautiful, good great for you. guy, beautiful great brother. Guy. Yeah, and talking about talking about dementia, the reason I'm up here right now is my mom is 84 and she's getting dementia. Her immediate memory is not good, but her long-term memory is spot on from when she's a little girl on. So I'm here staying with her and my family. They're all working. They're, they don't have the time to be with my mom 24 hours a day like I do. And my daughter is on the streets in Minneapolis on fentanyl, and I'm scared to death every day. And it's hard. I don't need to just throw that out there, but that's what I'm dealing with right now. So no, I got to be here for I'm, I'm I'm glad you did because we have friends on this show who can help. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. We yes. have a lot of we got a lot of doctors on this show. In fact, we just had uh, Doctor Anthony Tobia here. Um, 
We also had Dr. Uh, Ellie Diani here, um, who will be with us again shortly. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, Amelia, I need to tell you something off air. Yes. Um, but if you, is she part of a cult? Do you know of? No, she's just done that damn shit, man. And um, you know, uh, I, I, the day she was born, I, I, as I was shaking hands with Ted Turner's lawyers, getting my hundred thirty grand, they owed me. I shouldn't have to do that. As I was shaking hands, that's when she was born. That day, I put away thirty grand for her when she's twenty. And now seven years ago, and that's what started this whole flipping mess, you know. Oh, so it was the money. Yeah. Too much money, too young. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was doing the right thing, you know. Brother, that's a that's an old, old story. There was a guy, you remember Freddie Prinz. Yeah. Freddie yeah. Prinz. Too much, too soon, man. Mm-hmm. Too whose, much son, money. whose son was actually a writer at one time. For WWE. Exactly. Wow. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. actually did write for WWE. Talented guy. Yeah. We brought up concussions and all. It's one thing I wanted to bring up that Charlie and I, both being veterans of the ring that we've had, is concussions. Um, Of course. When, and referring to Chris Benoit, when you get a concussion, when you get a head injury, especially one in the ring during a match, you know, you either call, as we said, put it, call Tater, you know, and they put up the X sign that you're hurt, or you suck it up and you go on with the match until the match is over. And then when you get backstage, you get looked at by the doc. Well, yeah, I got I a concussion one time. I was working with Sheik Edden and El Casey, who was wonderful. It was my fault, really. He stopped me a little too hard, and I my slam. <laughs> I do not remember the rest of the match, the rest of the day. I just woke up at home. I guess I was functioning all right, you know. <laughs> I mean, nobody knew, but I'm like, I don't remember what. How did I get home? You well, know, that was that's a bad the one. thing. It, it's it's exactly what we were talking about, Charlie, just a moment ago. That muscle memory. Yeah, that muscle memory kicks it, in. I don't know. It's a strange it. thing. It's 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 so weird how it happens. You know what, Amelia? We may have to bring Doctor Tobias back on to explain muscle memory. I would think that would be a good idea. A good yeah, segment. he's a great I psychiatrist. Had, I had one, Angelo. I was uh, it was during a match. Uh, I got hit with a kendo stick. Ow. Ooh, wow, that hurt. Uh, and I remember I remember hearing the, the thwack noise of it hitting me. I remember waking up the next morning at home. I have no memory of the rest of the match. Getting changed, getting paid, getting in my car, and driving home. And where the, where the arena was, was a good half hour to 45 minute drive from my home. And I have Can I ask you a question? No memory of it. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> sure. Were you with Charlie Thunderfoot Norris that night? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you know, Dino, Charlie's been ducking me for a long time now. I've been ducking you. <laughs> First of all. They probably drove each other home and not know it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about who's ducking who. Yeah, right. But, yeah. I was scared. Both, you fuckers, I, I, are, I, both <laughs> of you fuckers are too old to be thinking about wrestling again. 
Ever, ever, uh, ever, we still got we still got a good one left in us. No, you know you're done. <laughs> the Hall of Fame wrestling match. I can see it. Now. You're you are so done. Please, I'm done. <laughs> you are done. I tell you what, this was a great show. Man, that was a two-hour show tonight. That wow. Was wow. And you know fast. what, guys? Here's the strange thing about it. We're no fucking closer now than when we no. started. Nope. Because there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Well, too, those cause... pictures, those pictures told me something else about that. that and that's, that blood and that's and the what plastic. I was hoping. Here's I didn't what, know that. Here's what I was hoping somebody would say. I was actually hoping Murphy would say this. That's all. <laughs> Four pictures. That's all. Well, I, I think that I, was pretty much a gathered thought when you said there was only four pictures. Yeah, well, but I didn't. I didn't. Somebody should have jumped all over me on that one. I would because have here's the thing, like you said, Mike. You know, there should have been fifteen or twenty rolls. I thought there would have been more than film. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. You should have used up every gigabyte on your cell phone taking well, fucking here, pictures. And, and here, well, here's another question: Was there any blood type analysis done at the scene or done on no. the pulse of blood? Prince, no, they any... never fucking took a blood sample. Don't you Carpet. understand? These, no. listen to what I'm telling you, and people, I'm, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. I'm looking at the paperwork right here. Amelia and I have talked mm-hmm. about this. The Fayetteville Police Department in Georgia, a fine group of guys, but bless their hearts, they've never had this level of celebrity before, okay? They were ill-prepared, unaccustomed to the media hype and the frenzy of press that descended upon Fayetteville, Georgia, because there were news from all around the world descended on that small town of Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not a big city. It's a it's a big town, if you want to call it that. But it's not like New York or Knoxville. It's Fayetteville, Georgia. It's a suburb of Atlanta. You know? Yeah. People don't get it. That this is like, you know, small, like kind of small, quaint living. Yeah, we get it. It's small. (laughs) The problem is the police department's also very small. And they were ill-prepared and and way ill-equipped to deal with this this level, this frenzy of press, the scrutiny. They didn't have the experience. Mike, think about this, Charlie. They were. They had this wrapped up in nine days. No. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's what whoever did it was counting on. And I, I get that, and I have a real good suspect in that regard. Go to Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. They had yeah. to have known somebody in the police department to make it just close in nine days. You know who he knows in the police department? Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. Ulysses S. Grant, yeah, Andrew Jackson. Oh, definitely. Kabish. A few yeah. of those, definitely. Kabish. Well, I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, fellas mm-hmm. and ladies, um, <laughs> it's been a hell of a hell of a show. Like it's like uh, we've been. They said the other night, uh, mm-hmm. a hell of a show, baby. It's a hell of a show. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Charlie Norris, promote whatever you're doing, brother. Right on, brother. I got it. Love you guys, man. Thank you. You are quite welcome, brother. And I want to say something while we're still on the air. I have been a horrible friend, Charlie, because I haven't talked to you in damn near a year. But as soon as we said, can you come on, you jumped right on board. I have been a yeah. shitty friend. First of all, it's, oh, been a, a real, it's been a bad year for me. I lost my dad in January. Oh, yeah. Um, he was in bad health, you know, starting from like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's been, you know, I'm going that November will be um, a year that he started really like going downhill. And then, you know, January coming, he'll be gone a year. It's crazy to think that he's almost been going a year in January. Um, so and I've had so much going on. Yeah. And, uh, but thank you, brother. I love I you. Thank it. you for coming back. Uh, I Mike get Murphy, it. promote. Uh, yes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I have recently uh, become the president of talent and uh, development. For superstar wrestling. All right, right on, man. Uh, I've bought into the company and leave Charlie uh, Norris alone. Uh, <laughs> Book me. I said leave Charlie Norris alone. <laughs> well, that's not totally out of the question. I'll be contacting Charlie soon. Uh, <laughs> you can contact him for a guest appearance. I'm his booking agent. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in charge of how much he we got I'm a business there. Well, I didn't hear what you said. Uh, I, yeah, he's I gonna make a lot of money that night. <laughs> well, I'll do it for free. Just no, 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 free. No, I'm going to get Charlie a payday, man. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you know, I would take care of Charlie. No problem. No problem, bro. Well, you know, it's not a bad idea, Mike. Why don't you fly Charlie out and? Um, he could do meet and greet and do autographs and stuff. Yeah. Well, well, so there we go again. We got that connection again. Yeah. Uh, that's your <laughs> guest referee. We better do it soon. I'm going to be 59 years old next month. Brother, I'm 64, okay? You're just a, a kid. Well, <laughs> I'm I'll, tell what, I'll tell you what, Charlie. I'll tell you what, Charlie. I am definitely going to be contacting you. Okay, my man. Thank you. Look at all the one thing I wanted to say about, let, let me say this, and this comes from the heart about Charlie Norris. One of the easiest working guys in the ring, one of the greatest guys outside of the ring, and just an all-around super guy. Absolutely. Here's one before we go. I got a general wrestling question. How? Why do many wrestlers die relatively young? as opposed to other sports like the NFL, NBA, where the majority of the old-timers from 40, 50 years ago are still alive. Why, why is that, uh, Charlie, Mike? You want to either, guys, either one of you guys want to take that? Uh, mostly because um, the steroid abuse, drug abuse, alcohol drug. abuse. Yep. Uh, the schedule... Yeah. For the generation where they were dying young. Yeah, you know, Charlie brought up a good point, the schedule. Here's what I think, Charlie. Here's what I think, Charlie and Mike. I think they die young because they don't know how to work right. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in the day, you guys 
you know, Murph, you're near 60. Charlie, you're near 60. Your guys are still in relatively good health because you worked smart. Yeah. These guys are doing, you know, triple somersault flips on fire from the top rope, and they want to know how come they don't live past 30 or 40? Yeah. How about the idiot that jumped off the second floor balcony of a shopping mall into a ring and his father was the fucking promoter? Oh my god. That's a good one. I'm gonna I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that dressing room meeting when he said, Hey dad, I'm gonna do a double flip off the top of the, <laughs> the, the second balcony of the mall. Oh, that's a great idea, son. I would first of all beat the dog snot out of any promoter who even acknowledged that as a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And if you came to me and you're working for me, pack your bag and go home, mama. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Murphy knows. I've sent people home. I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't it's only a matter of time shit. before someone gets really, really bad hurt, man. It's oh, like man, better- I, I'll tell you what. Too much. Melia. Yes, sir. What do we got coming up, kid? Uh, well, like we got that red, white, and uh, blue screw you episode coming up yeah. uh, next Tuesday. Uh, and uh, we're going to have Charlie on there as well. And Michael Murphy, you're going to join us as well? Uh, as you far can. as I know, I will be there. Uh, perfect. Yeah. And then uh, you guys, the, 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 the 21st, you're going to be uh, interviewing Alan Azwig, um, the, the Jewish director, Angelo. What's that? You're going to be interviewing the Jewish director on the 21st as well. Yes, Just doing up. him one-on-one. What's the buzz breaking news? <laughs> and That's our gonna... new one. We got, we got breaking news here. There we go. Breaking <laughs> news. Our October schedule is going oh. to be loaded from front to, to, from asshole to appetite, from front to back, <laughs> with... Everything you wanted to know about cults, but we're afraid to ask. We're going to do Uh-oh. Waco, Jonestown, Charlie Manson, the Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate, the uh, the uh, Love Has One cult. We're going to do uh, the Church of Scientology. Oh, yes. We're going to open up the door to all of these cults. Um, Charlie, you want to join us? You're more than welcome to join us for that, too, bro. That'd be great, yeah. Beautiful. All right, Amelia, make sure you get with Mike and Charlie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will be uh, November. I'm sorry, November. I will be September 21st Mm -hmm. uh, doing a solo special episode with film director Alan Zwieg, Mm -hmm. whose um, credits include, among other things. Oh, my God. Um, I got to go now here and look. Oh, no, I don't. Fuck it. his his puppy is called When Jews Were Funny. Look, Alan Zweig, Z-W-I-E-G, Alan Zweig, an amazing film director, and um, I'll tell you what. And Slaw says, what about the MAGA cult? No, brother, I love that cult. Um, we're going to talk about that, too. But we have a hell, of a hell of a show coming up, a hell of a week coming up, and October is going to be a bang-up month. Before November. For Charlie Thunderfoot Norris, for Michael Armageddon Murphy, for Amelia, 
The Pitbull, Chapman. <laughs> I'm Angelo, Mad Dog, the Scipio. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Good Bye-bye. night, everyone. <laughs>